Welcome to episode 96 of CTT Podcast. Uh, this week we're going to talk about decentralized file storage um, and the Speak Network. The Speak Network is just going into Testnet. This is a place where you can be rewarded and reward others for storing content um, and also running various other sorts of infrastructure, but primarily we're focusing on decentralized content storage. So, um, yeah, we've got Mr. Nathan Sen in the room and Disregard Fear in the room, of course. Uh, our co-host, they call me Dan. We've got John C. Um, of course, Nathan and Disregard are instrumental in building this, uh, and they're very, very talented developers. So we're honored to have you guys on the show. How are you, how are you doing, Nathan? I'm doing great. Um, it is 5 a.m. in the morning here in the Philippines, but um, it's that that's my evening time usually so um well f- yeah. funnily enough funnily enough i was talking to uh, a certain other hygiene i'm not going to name his name but um i said oh you should come to this podcast tomorrow we're doing you know launch of the, the, the speak network test net's going to be amazing and um he goes oh it's f- it's 5 a.m here i said oh where are you like in, in singapore or in uh, in indonesia or something he goes oh no no i'm in the philippines i said oh that's funny because nathan's in the philippines as well and he's on the show <laughs> <laughs> said he doesn't sleep so what, what what's your excuse now <laughs> well i'm just one of those weirdos that, that stay awake all night and sleep when the sun comes up well i guess it's it's weird we call them vampires Vamp- one yes. too. yeah blood sucking <laughs> vampires right <laughs> yeah well no, it's, it's weird like that because it depends on where you are in the world right like obviously europe kind of being the center of it if you're to the east of europe then you're kind of going to you're 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 going to end up working a little bit later to keep up with the rest of the world. And then if you're in our part of the world, which is in the Western Hemisphere, then we end up working a bit earlier. It's like a bit more of a morning um, culture around here. It's all yeah, good. That, that, seems, that seems to be the way it works. And I, I'm on the, I have a, another project that we work on that's, that's based in the U.S. And they're joining meetings at like 5 a.m., 4 a.m., in the morning just to catch us in the evening time here um so yeah definitely um but me i, I stay awake all night to catch these four or five a.m meetings yeah i know we know you, you obviously haven't worked for you worked with you for the last year it's um it's impressive man every freaking week you're turning up at like between one and four a.m in the morning so <laughs> shout out to you for that man good to have you on the show nathan um Disregard, how you doing, man? Great, great. I'm over here uh, in the same time zone as the end of the world, so not definitely not the center of it. Yeah, yeah, in our end of the world, right? Uh, well, the thing I think about this this moment is that's important is um, we've been asking Disregard for the last probably six months, like, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Is the test not going to be launched? Is the test not going to be launched? And, and Disregard's like, uh, yeah, yeah, next week, next week. <laughs> And it just, and then we find something else that we've got to build, and something else we've got to add on, and add on, and there's bugs and there's things, and uh, it's taken six months longer than we thought it than we thought, but it's um, here it is. So, uh, yeah, how do you feel? Do you feel a bit of a relief? Oh no, because I definitely think that my my finding of bugs and and fixing stuff up has just started. (laughs) It's going to go through the roof now. You think you started working already? No, this is the start. Right. Yeah, you put it in everybody else's hands, and people will definitely find a way to break it. And there's some things that I never thought about, and I'm just going to be like, it. It starts now. Yeah, yeah. This is where it really starts, right? 
No, it's but the true. good thing is, uh, well, with Ragnarok, I thought I found all the bugs, and then you incentivize people to go out there and play it. And there's people finding bugs that are just impossible. It's like, how did you even think to do that? Like, it's like, what are you trying? Like, what are you thinking? But they'll find the bugs. You're absolutely right. So how does your twisted mind work? But that's the great thing about being on Hive, right? There's so many twisted thinkers here that they uh, they're going to pull bugs out of the out of the ether. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, good. That's the attitude. Disregard. That's the attitude. I like it. I mean, this is the whole point of it, right? We, we're potentially building um, a very important um, distributed storage network here, and it could potentially change the landscape of, of content. And so what, the last thing that we want is to go into a situation where we release this and we say, oh, it's done. And then like two weeks after launching, that someone says, oh, we find a major, found a major bug and now you're, all your tokens are at zero, you know? And uh, like this is the whole point of this. If we can get people like Nathan Disregard and other people from the community contributing towards testing this rigorously over the next few months so that we can be, be very confident so that when we do launch the actual tokenomic system, um, then we're fairly sure that the, the thing works and there's, there's not going to be some random bug coming out of somewhere that, that flattens the whole system. Slow and steady. That's how it should be. No need to rush and try to break things in terms of making shortcuts, right? You want to do it, you got to do it right, and it takes a while. You're going to find a lot of bugs, and there's going to be a lot of edge cases you couldn't even imagine. But to be fair, this you know this is coming together very nicely. This was a pretty out-there plan. It's a novel idea and to actually have it working. And now we're, you know, we're, we're not focusing on can this happen. Now it's ironing it out. Which is the very exciting part for me. Yeah, it's the exciting part for us, but it's like disregard said, it's his workload's probably about to go through the roof. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, maybe not as exciting for him, but for me, I uh, <laughs> I love seeing it evolve and grow and get better. Absolutely. And talking about that, I mean, you know, us as non devs, Dan and I, like it's it is really nice, Nathan and Disregard, to to see as we've been testing this out and see this work and actually see now that we've got a front end that you can go and upload files to you can go and create contracts on um it's really cool man it's nice to see uh, i mean I, I i certainly feel there's there's a certain amount of relief from from my side that we've actually got something tangible out there now um yeah what 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 do you guys feel about that are you guys like yeah or are you just like <laughs> is it is it a good moment for you like to us, it's a milestone, really. Yeah, for for me personally, this just feels like another hurdle on the on the road. Like I said, like I I feel like a lot of this functionality has been out there. This is just is the point where I believe the most people will be able to run some of the backend stuff, but people should have been able to upload files and and provide some feedback with that. So yeah, it's it's just a hurdle for me. Yeah, sure, sure. Um. And then the other thing that I really liked was like obviously Nathan coming in about a year ago and really helping us get through the mechanics of proof of access and it feels to me like now you're you're there with that right the proof of access f fundamental core is working well it's smooth it it finally syncs with the rest of the network <laughs> yeah so um, the proof of access has definitely been a long road and um, super excited to see it integrated with um, disregards um, code in the honeycomb system and everything syncing up and working the way it's supposed to be and happening instantly 
um, it was definitely a, a, a challenge. Um, it's been one of the um, most rewarding projects for me to work on because I've just learned so much um, mm -hmm. working on, on that project. Um, it's something that I had um, theorized for a long time and had dabbled with, you know, the concept of, of this type of network or doing these type of things, but never just like dove in and just, you know, full, full fledged, you know, working on it like I have over the last year um, to, to actually deliver a fully working project, but integrated, integrated into SBK network. So I'm super excited. Um, earlier, um, I nuked all my um, SBK servers that I've been setting up. I just um, basically reformat all of them and reran all the install scripts. Um, so just within like, um, I think like 30 minutes, I was able to set up two um, that are like online and running now. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like the install scripts are like um, starting from like a scratch server with, with nothing installed on it um, to being able to have like it online um, relatively fast. And that was setting up my DNS and everything and just following um, the guides that, that we've, we've written. Um, so um, definitely to see uh, um, us roll it out and, and have people um, run this run this um, network install yeah. and, and, and see it work. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's nice. The other thing that's nice here that I, that I really like about this is that this is, it's out in Deluxe before it's out in anywhere else. So Disregard, obviously being one of the core members of the team, has implemented the Speak Network capability into um, Deluxe before we've implemented it into 3Speak, which is really cool to see because it just, it's just straight away a demonstration that this is useful for other apps as opposed to just 3Speak. Um, and I'm, I know also that um, Dbuzz from Nathan's side is working on implementing this as well in, into one of their next iterations of the Dbuzz release. Uh, and so we're going to have decentralized file storage, incentivized decentralized file storage on multiple different apps before even 3Speak implements this. I think that's super cool as well. Um, Nathan, are you, you got, how's that going with you, with you guys? Are you guys uh, working on that actively or is that something for a bit later? So um, as far as um, implementing um, the, the SBK network, um, we've um, been actively working on getting the light accounts online um, and integrating ceramic. So that's fully functional now. Um, you can test it out on light.d.buzz. Um, and you can log in with a MetaMask account um, that uses the indexer. Um, it's fully indexed with um, all of the Hive posts. So you can use MetaMask. Um, you'll see all the um, Hive posts there. You can leave comments on people's Hive posts. Um, and I think Chris is in the room and he could probably share a little bit more um, on that because I know he's been directly working um, with the developer who who's doing um, most of that work. Um, but um, yeah, we have the entire um, MetaMask integration now um, and light account set up. So the next step is going to be um, taking and integrating um, the, the SPK um, storage side of things into when people upload videos or um, images onto DBuzz that those would also 
um, be stored on the um, SPK network. Um, right now, we don't have video capability, um, but we're um, working on, I think, sometime next year doing shorts. So having like short video uploads on DBuzz, like 60 second, I think is what we had talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and we had, we had it at one time on DBuzz where we were doing the videos, um, but we were having some issues with storage provider um, and we ended up just rolling that back. Um, and so it's something that we'll bring back next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like, because it's, it, we've been talking about this vision for a long, long time, you know, and talking about abstract ideas is one thing, but when you can actually have an app that, that demonstrates all this stuff, so it's got like the video integration, it's got the off-chain accounts, so you can now you can start posting with your Ethereum address onto indexing, index of feeds that other people can see, so it's all mixed in together, um, so, which means you have Hive content and off-chain content in the same feed. Um, then you, you, you're uploading videos through the decentralized ecosystem, which is Speak Network, and you're storing those videos uh, with your community, and your community members can get rewarded for storing those videos. That's real decentralization, man. That's, that's a real um, decentralized infrastructure, decentralized content feeds. Um, this is really coming, and it'll be a few months yet. I think we're going to have to go through some buggy processes, some testing, but I think in the next few months we're going to see other blockchains start to post to this ecosystem. Um, and we're going to see other currencies bouncing around. We're going to see community social tokens. We're going to see decentralized infrastructure. And I don't know of anyone in the, in the blockchain ecosystem that's even close to this stuff yet. Uh, and so we are, we are going to come out fairly well ahead of the game, I think. Uh, and I'm just, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. And I, I look forward to, like, obviously, apps like Debuzz being the leaders in that. Uh, and in implementing that. And hopefully from that point, then it becomes very easy to implement the technology. And then, you know, equally the same with D with, uh, with Deluxe as well, disregard. You know, to see that you guys have, you guys are doing it the other way around, like um, um, Debuzz has inter integrated the off-chain system fairly quickly and they're kind of the leader in that. And Deluxe has integrated the Speak Network decentralized file storage side of things, the first and maybe you guys are going to swap roles now at some point where you guys will integrate the off-chain indexer and then um, Deepers will integrate the, the decentralized storage system. But yeah, how, how's that been, disregard? I, I know it's been a lot of exciting fun for you over the last few months to get to this position. You see that? Oh, maybe, maybe Twitter's given us some problems. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know, I, know that, I know that Disregard's been working very, very hard on, you know, because it's very abstract when, you, when you're like the first people to integrate this new technology into your front end and you got to think right what does this look like how does it how does it integrate how can people use it you know how does it become intuitive so people can see okay i've just uploaded this piece of content now i can click over here to incentivize the storage of it or i can go over here to see where everyone else is incentivized the storage of their files and i can go grab their files and uh, just just kind of envisaging that and putting it into a front end is is it's a mission and i think disregard's done a pretty good job with with um mark to to create the first iteration of that so it's pretty badass can you hear me now yeah can hear you now yeah oh great yeah yeah it's uh it's been fun um and, and like you said it's it's just uh like what do you even want the front end to look like is is a big question and i i really have to thank mark for uh envisioning most of that 
and he makes the vision and I have to put together the make sure that the back end can support the front end and that I can do. I love doing that. Um, so yeah, thankful at least to have other people to help me out with this. Yeah, no, I know. I love it. All right. Before we get into the rest of the show here, I just want to mention to people who are listening. Um, first of all, if you can share this on your Twitter, just to let other people know that this conversation is happening. I think this is a very important moment in crypto where we've finally got decentralized file storage in testnet. Um, the the other thing I want to mention is that we've got a Leo thread, we've got a Buzzcast, and we've got an Xsensi Waves. Um, I posted those in the comments below in this Twitter space and also across various places on Hive. So you should be able to find it. I see the I see the the the, the Leo threadcast is going pretty quickly here with lots of comments, and we'll get to some of those comments shortly. Um, so yeah, please post in post in the show, post in the Leo thread, post in the, the, the buzzcast, and we'll do our best to reward you for your posts, uh, for your comments and questions. If you've got a question, please put it in capital letters uh, or maybe bold it, put question first, and then we can see what the questions are. And then we'll do our best to get to some of the questions. Um, the other thing that we're doing as well for people listening, if you want to take part in the um, thumbnail competition, then every week we run a thumbnail to the show. You can post that in the Buzzcast or in the Leo thread and make it square and make a make a landscape version of it as well. And make sure that it's relevant to the show. It's episode 96 of CTC Podcast. And um, yeah, put the title in. Make sure it's relevant to the show. Put an image in. Maybe use the CTT logo and uh, you'll have a nice simple thumbnail and we'll be rewarding all the thumbnail entries and we will obviously pick the best one for the official thumbnail of the show. So look forward to your thumbnail entries during the show. Um, yeah, so let's come on to the testnet then. Well, I get, let's, before we do that, let's bring, I want to bring Dan in. Have you got any thoughts on this, anything to say about this? Like, It's been a long slog, man. It's been a long time in the waiting I just think, um, yeah, maybe give you give you a chance to make some comments on what your feelings are at the moment. Well, I mean, this started so long ago. It's been such a long, winding road in terms of simplifying, understanding how these things work. Um, you know, we started off just looking for a way to decentralize videos. And me and you literally Chris. looked at every tech every tech stack that we possibly could. Like <laughs> we found every community, we looked under every rock. We tried to get in hold of all the, you know, quote unquote leaders or devs or whatever to work with them. So should you talk about the test net then? Yeah. One said that Dan's just in the middle of a, of a thing here. Uh, maybe you can't hear him disregard. Not even a little bit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Dan, I'll let you know when Dan's, uh, Dan's finished speaking. There's some kind of Twitter disconnect. But yeah, just basically, we've looked at every technology out there that you can you imagine when it comes to these things. Um, if you know, we saw that there were problems, we're saying, okay, maybe we should fork. Um, so we really went down every road we possibly could before we had to say, okay, it looks like we actually have to build this thing. And the game theory, this to think of it, you know, at first you just kind of like throw throwing you know, shit against the wall, seeing what sticks, and then before you know it, it starts to make sense, and you start to parameter it, you keep hammering it. And it really started when Matt um, lived with me for a little bit, um, you know, a few months, and, you know, we just went insane, you know, pulling late-nighters, just really just hammering away at this idea every single day. It was an obsession. 
and you know getting um, you know, smart de de developers involved, telling us what's realistic, what's not. And then before you know it, you got the idea of um, incentivizing off-chain storage. And we took you know the best ideas that we could find out there, like the proof of access that really was inspired by our weave, although it's a bit different um, the way we do it. And you know we learned from Hive with the the election system and DPoS and how that could be so powerful. Because having to track every little thing that everyone does is a lot of overhead. That's what a lot of other systems try to do, and it ends up being centralized because you just can't incentivize everything. And trying to incentivize incentivize that is just too much. So it just kept getting simpler and simpler. And then, of course, you get disregard. I like to say Nathan came in like a bull in a china shop. He just kind of came in, injected some life, and really solved one of the hardest problems. Um. And this goes deep. You have Voltec with the CDN, the encoding system. Um, it's built for video, but it's built for everything. So when it's built for video, you also have to worry about the CDN, the encoding, all of these things that wrap. So it's it's a really enormous project. We took on, you know, we definitely put as much on our plate as we possibly could, probably a little bit too much. But um, if you know Matt and I and the team, we just don't give up and... Um, we're very practical. We're not going to get in a situation where we don't think we can complete it. So to actually get to a moment where it's like, holy shit, this thing is, you know, here it is. Um, it's amazing. I think that this is one of the most powerful tools. It's absolutely necessary for scaling. It's necessary for true Web3. If you want to onboard a million people or a billion people, um, if you care about critical infrastructure, if you care about the ability to interweave this into communities and incentivize infrastructure, uh, it's just massive what you can do with this. It turns Hive, because Hive is the transaction layer and the data availability layer together, make it the perfect incentive mechanism. It is an autonomous incentive protocol that can incentivize anything you pointed at. And the Speak Network is the layer that verifies who's doing what so you can incentivize them. So it turns Hive into this, this, this autonomous protocol that can literally decentralize anything. Because how do you decentralize? Network effect and incentives. And the Speak Network is the incentive layer for Web3. It is that layer that lives above Hive that allows you to now track who does what and pay them in a decentralized way, no middlemen, no KYC, no nothing. So, I mean, I don't know. It's one of the most powerful things you can, you know, um, when it comes to actually practical Web3, people forget about infrastructure. And it's like, oh, that could just be run by Infura or, you know, some, some centralized entity. Who cares? That's where they get you, you know? That's where they That's really where they grab you, you. So. We're like, no, screw that, decentralize it, make sure that we can be sustainable. We don't need Amazon, we don't need this, we don't need that, we can do it from the community level. And you always ask, who's storing your data? If it's not your community, then it's not decentralized. Yeah, that's the key thing. It's like, as long as you can figure out a way to incentivize the vast majority of infrastructure and service providers running critical technology on your network, then you're decentralized. If you don't have that incentivization mechanism, now you're just relying on the infrastructure setting up their own business models and registering businesses. And if they register businesses, then they have to register those businesses in often in pro-regulation jurisdictions. 
and then you're off down a slippery slope, right? And this is where so many people in crypto um, end up with centralized systems that have centralized pre-mines, and then next thing they've got um, um, centralized infrastructure, and now you're running a semi-centralized network that's regulatable. Well, that's not that's not what not what this technology was supposed to be for. Um, Speed Network had a, a fair launch um, distribution of its Larynx miner token, where it was dropped to Hive. And then um, since then, people have been supporting infrastructure in the Speak Network and mining small amounts of Speak token, which are the which is a governance token to their to their accounts. Um, and everyone started off at zero. Everyone started off at zero on that token. Um, there was no advantage given to anyone. There was no advantage given to anyone on, on Larynx either. It was just based on your Hive balance. Um, and so now people are slowly but surely mining um, Speak to, Speak. Speak governance tokens, and then that's for provision of critical infrastructure to the Speak network. And and this is the next phase now. The next phase is going into testnet to actually uh, roll out the the storage side of this. Um, so now it's like, well, now if you're providing storage infrastructure, you can start to get rewarded. Um, initially, this is just testnet, so this is just the basic um, testnet. But in the next few months, we'll go through iron out more of the bugs, figure out what we need to build additionally, and then we'll be in mainnet, and then that's where the rewards get real. Um, and so, yeah, it's just very, very exciting, very, very exciting. It takes the principle and it, and it, and it draws a line in the sand for Hive where Hive's saying, look, we incentivize infrastructure operators. We, inst- we incentivize storage providers. In the near future, we're going to be incentivizing content delivery network providers. Um, in the near future, we're going to be in- incentivizing further um, encoder um, node operators. And the, and the point, what, what, what are we really doing here? The, the point is here is that we want to get it to a point where Nathan was just saying, where you can spin up a node for any of these things in a short period of time, in five to 10 to 15 minutes. And what that means is that the technology and the running of the key infrastructure becomes accessible to anyone with a PC. And hopefully to the point where we get it to, with anyone with, a, with, a, with any type of internet connection, mobile, simple mobile device. But certainly for now, anyone with a laptop can start taking part in this. Uh, and and then and then what, what what does that mean? That means that maybe even the Speak Network can go more viral than Hive, because Hive is great for content. But I mean, I'm not much of a content creator myself. I don't create much content. Um, not not everyone can create content. A lot of people can. It's way more accessible than running a minor node in in Bitcoin, for example. Um, but then the next step is well, can we get people running infrastructure? Right? Can we make it as easy as possible for normal people? To, to, to figure out how to spin up a node and give them simple instructions and then um, have them take part in running the infrastructure in these, in these ecosystems and therefore get rewarded to do that. And if you can just use your spare PC laptop space, for example, uh, on the Speak Network, then now, you, now, you, now you're in a place where a lot more people can get involved in crypto, a lot more people can get involved in helping run and decentralize these networks. Um, and that, to me, is, is going to be super, super powerful with Speak Network. So to all the people listening here, you know, as we go through the show, you're going to find out where you can go to, to find out how to set up these nodes and where you can go to find out how to take part in the network um, and how easy it is. So, so talking about that, I don't know, Nathan or Disregard, if you guys want to mention, I know you guys have done a lot of work over the last few weeks to make the setup of these nodes on the testnet as easy as possible. Um, what are your thoughts? Are there still nuances, or have you got it to a point now where it's fairly easy? I mean, I saw, I saw some instructions you issued the other day. Disregard, it's like five lines to run a storage node now. Five lines of instructions. Yeah. 
I mean, if if you're a developer, if you've ever set up a server before, it should be pretty easy to set up the the whole kit and caboodle here. Um, if you're just a normal PC user, you should be able to set up a storage node. Um, there, there's the only kind of nuance that might be in there is if you're uh, like intelligent enough to run other services, internet services that might uh, use a port on your computer, and one of those ports is occupied. Um, so there, I think there's just a, a very small bump in that knowledge curve where somebody might get themselves in trouble. So do you, you've dockerized this, right? So what would a normal person need to set up a node on the speed network to run a storage node? Do you just run through the, the basic things that they would need to do? Right. This is, this is where um, I'm going to say it would be the slight bump. Because if you already have Docker, that means that you're probably running something in a Docker container. So I, for instance, run uh, some home automation software like Home Assistant and Frigate. And some of those things might be on a port that we want to use for, say, IPFS. So I think you're going to have an easier time for everybody if you already don't have Docker. But if you do have Docker, there might be a, a, a segment of that population who's just not quite uh, at, at the level that would make this as smooth as possible. But yeah, it's like a free software. People use it for almost everything. Um, you just download it, and then you can run. Uh, what it does is it virtualizes. Oh, oh they get cut out. He's cut out again. What's going on down there in uh, Paraguay? Just as just he was getting to the exciting part, <laughs> and then he's going to cut and say, "That's all you need to know." Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Nathan? It was showing that his mic was moving, but it's not anymore. I don't know. Yeah, he's having some weird problems with Twitter. He's got the Twitter books. Maybe you can help finish him off there, uh, Nathan, with what he was saying. Yeah. So, um, I mean, as far as setting up the nodes go, um, I haven't had a chance to run um the dockerized storage node um i've been um running the install scripts for the validators which you have to have a, a dedicated server for so it is a little bit more challenging i don't think it's i mean if you're on hive and you're using hive and you you know understand basics um i mean i'm i want to make the script as as easy as possible um but there's not a huge amount of um understanding that that you need to have in order to get it up and running you basically have to be able to um know how to um get a server and you can get that from digital oceans um rent you know a virtual private server and have it installed with Ubuntu, point your DNS at it, um, which is like your domain, and, and point your, your domain at the IP address of your server. And then just when you log on to the server, um, you just run the command lines, which I know a lot of what I said may, may sound like um, Chinese to... Or, or some language that you don't speak <laughs> if you do speak Chinese, but it might sound sound like garbage or garble to you. Um, but for me, I, I don't. You know, I think I think if um, if someone wanted to figure it out, I'm sure they would be able to. 
Yeah, I mean, part of this is that you guys have uh, put some instructions together, and I just want to see if I can put this in the room here. Um, we have just issued this. Eddie's just helped us issue this from the Speak Network account. So there's some simplified instructions on how to set this technology up. The first part is about how to set up a storage node. It's a short piece written by Disregard Fiat that shows you kind of five, six point bullet points to follow to set up a... Uh, a storage node and then the next part was written by Nathan Sam which is a bit more involved because it's how to set up the validator node um, that's for the more tech savvy people maybe but it, we, we think it's accessible to anyone we think anyone can do this and this is kind of what we want to prove during the test net and so we, we're getting on to meet the show here like the, the, the test net is going to be happening in two week short sprints we're going to go like two weeks of trying to finish some tasks of getting everyone's feedback trying to break the network and then we have a couple of weeks of fixing that and then again we'll start with two weeks of um, uh, sprinting towards the next the next set of goals and we'll keep just repeating that until we get to the point where we're satisfied that the thing's ready to go live um, and during that process the people that are listening um, during that process you'll be able to get rewards so we'll, we'll see that you've logged in we'll see that you've claimed your test larynx we'll see that you've set up a mining server or a storage server we'll see that you've set up a validator we'll see that you've stored some files and you've, you've, you've um, uh, mined some test speak to your account and each one of those milestones will be rewarded some money I think we're going to use HBD we'll do some HBD to your account say at the end of each week or the end of the end of each test net and then we'll have little competitions like you know who can submit the best books who can submit the best open source software to improve the system? Um, who can give us the best feedback? You know, we'll have little bonuses at the end of each two-week um, uh, sprint. So that's where we're kind of going. Um, yeah, I don't know, Nathan or Disregard or, or Dan, if you guys have got any thoughts on that on that process. Well, just a thought that came to my head that would be good for marketing would be um, earn some Bitcoin for storing content you know send some people some mm -hmm. bitcoin for like a little twitter marketing campaign people would blow their mind they'd be like wait how do you earn bitcoin for decentralized storage and they'd instantly get interested but um yeah oh uh, yeah yeah i mean ultimately if um if, if by that time voltec has the the wrapping bridge finished then exactly. we could just we could just send it to them with felix on on vsc <laughs> Advertise both fee-less Bitcoin and decentralized storage at the same time. Blow people's minds. I think it would. It's a great idea. I'm just trying to load the. Uh, I'm just trying to load the blog here that we just published from Speak Network account. But Hive Blogs give me some some issues, and I can't seem to get it up. Let's see if Pig D has it. So yeah, any other comments from you guys? Any other thoughts on this? Is Disregard able to speak? Let's see if he's. Okay, it's just re-requesting. Re yeah, he was in the middle of his uh, explanation. Sorry, I uh, dropped out of there because Twitter hates me. Yeah, I think it does. It yeah, hates us, but I think it hates you even more. <laughs> can you hear me now, Mr. Gord? I can hear you now. Amazing. Excellent. That's good. Carry on with what you were saying. Um, I think you I forgot where you stopped, but... Well, if, if, uh, Nathan finished it off. He was just talking about how to set up a node. But if, are there any other things you want to add to that? Uh, 
Yeah, I think Nathan pretty much covered it. Uh, it. It should be as much less darker instances, um, and they don't know how to do anything else about them. So you should be able to at least set up a storage node, and especially if you have a high keychain, everything else should work for you. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to this because obviously we the thing as well is that we're approaching this from the dev point of view. We built this ourselves, so we kind of know it. Whereas what we're really waiting for is the feedback from you guys. We want you guys who are listening and other people in the home network to give us some feedback and tell us how we can improve this because there's going to be things that we've missed. Um, there's going to be ways to make this better that we just couldn't think of that really you can think of. And I think people think that you know devs are like all powerful, all smart, you know, but it's not true. Like de devs are just doing whatever they can to to force out the idea into reality. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the optimum solution. And so, and we get the optimum solution by working with people who are listening, just normal people who are going to use this technology, and then then coming back to us and saying, "Hey, have you thought about like maybe moving this button over here, or have you thought about doing it in this way that makes it easy, would make it easier?" And we're going to be like, "Oh, yeah, that was really that was really stupid." <laughs> and so yeah, we, we we're looking for any suggestions from people and we think the feedback from the community is going to be very, very, very valuable. So um, please, please do come take part in the Speak Network and in the testnet and obviously we'll, we'll do our best to monetarily incentivize you. We'll be able to see the different milestones that you've completed during the setup process that you undertake. Um, we'll probably have a few live, live setup sessions as well. You know, we'll do a few like hackathon sessions where we'll do, we'll start the two weeks sprint in probably a week or so's time and uh, people can join the show and then, we can lead them through setting up uh, and do themselves. And then as they go away and do that, we'll see the milestones they complete. You know, have you mined your test larynx? Have you, or claimed it? Have you um, set up your node on the storage side, on the validator side? Have you uh, started storing some files? And then find some bracker and speak to your account. And each one of those milestones will be marked down and incentivized. So it's, it's very similar to a Zeely campaign except it's just more on the tech side. So it's like a silly campaign, you have to complete certain milestones during the week, and then at the end of the month, they can see what you've done, and then you get some some form of the rewards. Well, it's very, very similar with this. It'll be, um, you know, have you completed certain tasks on the Speak Network in the testnet setup? And uh, as a result of that, then we can see who's done what, and then we can reward people monetarily for, for doing that. So we'll make an announcement probably early next week to exactly what those rewards are going to be, how much you're going to be monetarily, how much money we're going to make available for uh, the Speak Network testnet to pay people for getting involved. And uh, yeah, so looking forward to that next week for sure. Any thoughts from you on this? I'm just, I'm just going to pull up the, uh, the blog we've issued here. Yeah, um, I think there's still a little bit of feedback from your mic. But I mean, yeah, the Zealy campaigns have always done a good job we um just going to follow a similar model um there'll be checklists you check off the boxes you do all the little tasks to learn how to speak network really works and then you get incentivized and um you know we really believe that incentivization is the key to decentralization if you can find a way to de incentivize people in an autonomous decentralized way to store not just videos, not just images, but critical infrastructure is next. You know, this is what we're looking at. Um, 
that's one of the biggest hurdles. Once you have that, once you can actually decentralize the infrastructure, we're looking at you know real Web three, like practical real Web three. Um, and there's a lot that goes into this because this is also the idea of creating um, SIPs. Um, you know, the SIP is basically harnessing the power of a DEX and using the fees to help incentivize. Um, so the whole idea here is to become self-sufficient and create a model that can not only rely on inflation, but rely on actual um, use cases that provide brute force incentives, such as trading fees and um, you know, the buying of the larynx. And all of these things help the Hive ecosystem. Um, so it's a layer. As it grows, it makes Hive more valuable via locking up HVD. Um, so it's, you know, it's very powerful. Um, it's a parameter tool, just like HVD is very powerful and what you can do with it in Hive. This just makes Hive more usable. It gives it a complete new use case that it couldn't have before without this layer. And that's the exciting thing about Hive because you look at it and there's layers you can build on it that can change what it can do. And, you know, I believe we still have other layers to build that we don't even know what kind of use case is going to come out of it. But we believe this is an absolute necessary um, use case. And when every, per when every, you know, just your average user can get on and participate in the network, that's powerful. That spreads. And it also gives a way for more people to earn. That's what Hive is. It's an opportunity land where if you provide value, you can get value in return. That's how the world should be. You shouldn't be in a place where, hey, I can provide value, but I can't get anything for it. That sucks, right? Hive really can solve that in a major way by reaching out to everyone and saying, hey, what can you bring to the table? Because everyone can bring something to the table. And whatever it is, if you can provide it, Hive at least gives you the opportunity to earn, um, hear that echo to get that value back in return. So, you know, storing a little bit of content, um, storing some critical infrastructure, whatever, participating in the Speak Network, another opportunity to earn, get incentivized, and become more part of the network. Yeah, I've just posted the instructions on how to set up a uh, storage node and a validator node for the Speak Network, the testnet. Uh, it's in the top, well, hopefully on the top of the Twitter comments. But I've done a comment for it. I've also posted it into the Speak Network Telegram. And it's also in the announcement section of the Speak Network's um, uh, Discord channel. So you'll be able to go and click into that there. And give us your feedback. You know, Let us know if, if you do try and set up. Let us know if it works. Let us know if you have some blocks or any problems. To answer the questions, there's a section uh, for issues in the Speak Network Discord, the 3Speak Discord. Um, yeah, and a shot, see what happens. Of course, as doctors, and you know, there's going to be rewards later down the line once the network is live. Uh, it's going to be monetary rewards, the, the test network we just talked about. So, yeah, get involved. I think it's really cool, really interesting. Time. But what, what, yeah, your mic's struggling just a bit. You're about like right. 70%. Let me just switch out. I was just disregard to just mention like what what do you think other applications of this are going to be in the future because you've, you've done a lot of thinking on this aren't you? oh yeah i mean like remember back in the day when you had arcade machines and you, you put in a quarter and that's it like you got to play until the end but 
there was nothing after that. It was break another quarter. And then you have memory cards and now hard drives. And just think about what you can actually do with a hard drive on anything that you actually wanted to do. It, it's what makes computer valuable for anything more than being a calculator. So, no, I'm, I'm super excited about this particular technology. I think this particular kind of thing is going to change the world. It's, it's like back when I was in high school and you, you had to download LimeWire and give your computer VD just to listen to Linkin Park, but now we can, you know, do the same thing without giving our computer VD and say we're going to be mining some tokens that have some value. So I, I really do believe that this is going to, it's going to really help out a lot of things. And like, like Nathan said with uh, Dbuzz, uh, like they had some IPFS stuff going on beforehand, but their service providers just weren't up to par. And it was the same thing with Deluxe. And uh, yeah, this is, this is something we need. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just all, all of the things that we wanted to do with Deluxe being able to do now that we have a, a nice incentivized storage layer that shouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's going to be super cool. And I think that there's two there's two angles to approach this from as well. Like you're gonna have the individual users who want to store and back up their content. So an individual user is gonna post a piece of content and say, Hey, yeah, you know, I, I think this is really important to back up. So I'm gonna put a little bit of bracket rewards on this piece of content. And that's already possible on um, on Delux. I know you guys have built that into your front end. Um, and then so it's like, you know, I want this back in a three, four, five, six times, whatever it is. And then that gets broadcast to the network and people who are running the storage nodes in the network can see that. And then they can say, yeah, okay, I'm going to go grab that file um, and, and and back it up. So now you've got not just um, uh, Deluxe's backups, not just the image servers on I, for example, but the community itself is actually going to run these backups. And then as, it, as they get pinged later on at a random point in time, and they can prove that they're storing the file that they say they're storing, they'll get some rewards from the system. They'll get some speed governance tokens and they'll get some bracket that's locked into the contract. Um, so that's that's super exciting. And on the flip side, you're going to have platforms like FreeSpeak. Platform, well, any, you know, this gives us the ability to go out to any platform out there. As a community, as a community member, you're going to be able to get rewarded for going out and um, speaking to any other platform that's got an image server or a storage system that they have to store you know, their heavy-duty files on or their programming on. And uh, say to them, hey, do you want, do you want us as a network to back up to, to make sure that you've, you've got backups here? And with the current way it works, it's all by servers in the current paradigm. They put you down, they kind of got the sort of things over you. Um, and you, you're only going to have one backup, maybe two, if you've got something really important. But what Speak Network does give you the ability to access this massive group of people as a platform. Go to them and say, "Hey, can I get three or four backups of this done? I'll put in a little every month to pay for that. Way cheaper than going to a traditional file storage service because you have to pay them a lot of money. Whereas, like, just people running their storage drive on their spare space on their laptops. So it should be all storage space that they've got on some server that they've got spare or some hardware somewhere that's sitting around. This gives them a chance to monetize that. The cost of storage should go way down." as a result we can have more backups and so as a result of that you're going to have um, just way more reliable content across the internet and you're going to have people being able to back up their, their, their content using their own communities rather than having to rely on a centralized system that we all currently do um, so for, for three speak it's a massive deal you know for us we'll start off putting a few hundred dollars a month in um, 
pay, paying into the Spring Network, and you guys who are listening to this are going to be able to go mine that that money uh, to your accounts, storing some of our files that you think are important, and then it'll kind of grow from that. Uh, obviously, it's very clear that Deluxe is going to take part in this already. They're going to be probably putting a little bit of money in over time to cover their community storing backups. Um, I imagine Deepers will as well, and other platforms will start to do this. Um, and, and so it demonstrates that the Hive community can provide this service to other platforms out there. I think that's going to be a really interesting. Platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, where this ultimately goes and it's going to be very powerful is when you attach this to communities and you can um, basically tag a piece of content or infrastructure, whatever you're doing, the service that you're um, providing within that community. So you're saying, I'm storing this car community's video and everyone in the car community can see how many car videos you're storing, how long you stored them. And eventually, if you know Arcange, if you know the badges you get, people love to get those badges, power up day and all that. Well, you can earn a badge for storing content for X amount of time or storing X amount of content or, you know, think of it in that term. So now you're inside of a community and you just as an enthusiast might store all the car videos for free because you want those badges and you want to be recognized as a valuable member within that community. These, I guess you call them soul bound NFTs. So if you start to think in that way where, okay, you give this to a community and this community has its own content and its own infrastructure needs, and you give them the ability, the tools, the parameters to recognize individuals who are contributing the most Right. That's like grabbing free money out of the air. You're going to get people that would do things normally that you'd have to pay them for for free. Not only will they do it for free, they'll do it enthusiastically. So this is the idea of communities on top of this layer being able to now give their community members all the opportunity in the world to decentralize and be recognized as such. Maybe you unlock certain privileges. There's so many ways you can go when you chop it up. It's not like this is the bare, the bare basic foundation, right? Speak network you can store. Once you start to get this into communities and you start to think of the ways you can slice this up and incentivize it in all kinds of different angles, you're going to have totally decentralized communities. You're going to have communities that are radically distributed and um that's when it's going to be very very powerful so this is you know just think of this as the basic layer and now we start to get real fine intricate as me and matt and many others have said for many years tokenized communities breakaway communities whatever you want to call them that's always been the end goal in my in, for this technology in terms of building sustainable economies that people can earn from and rally around a certain passion um, so this is this is absolutely necessary if you want to have a quote unquote decentralized tokenized community. You can't just slap a token on it. How do you decentralize your infrastructure? How do you incentivize? These are things that you have to think of. It's like you know, building a house, foundation. You keep you know, and then you go onwards. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, important to note just what the cost of free is. And when I say like free, like Twitter, for instance, is. You're, you're looking at an ad-based revenue for the most part, which means you have to pay people to manage ad contracts and you have to have a place to put those ads through, you know, credit card fees and anywhere else that you're going to get that money. And 
put that into storage, which isn't decentralized in the first place. And then you have to be beholden to the people who run your ads. So, I mean, we, we, anybody on Twitter is probably aware of just like how frustrating that whole thing can be and just how much that costs. And moving to a model like this where we're just like, everybody has some space on their computer. I keep my computer online. Please use my space. Oh, I'm getting paid for it now. It has so many more benefits. And the cost of the, this infrastructure is actually falling down. because There's a lot less labor involved in it as well. So just another point there. Yeah, the other thing I want to mention is like, a lot of people are like, well, isn't this just a torrenting system? Isn't this just a torrent? It's like, yeah, but imagine. So I don't know when the last time anyone in this call downloaded a torrent was, but you know, whenever you do it, you're gonna, you've got a chance of getting a virus. You've got a chance of getting really low quality video, for example. You'll have ads halfway through the video. You'll have some, someone standing up in the cinema. <laughs> you know, all this type of stuff, right? It's, it's, it's just low quality stuff. It's just really low quality and it's risky. Whereas what this does, this is, this is a very similar pro, you know, principle except you're monetarily rewarding the people who are running the infrastructure, uh, which could be any of us. It could be anyone in this room. You know, we're getting to that point where this is getting super easy to set up. Um, and then what happens? Where it's like, well, if, you're, if you store really poor quality content or if people are uploading poor quality content to the network and then you're storing it, you know, what do you think that's going to do to your reputation in the ecosystem? It's not really going to do it very well. It's certainly not going to encourage monetary rewards. And so because there's a monetary aspect to this and because there's a flow of uh, activity that's happening that, that's recorded on the blockchain, you start to get people with good reputations, you know, and ultimately you're going to want, you know, certain people are going to want to be elected as validators and the validators, there's a top 20 validator set and the validators are the ones who, where the content flows through and then they uh, are in charge of checking the storage nodes to see if they're, they're storing what they're saying they're storing. So the validators are quite... Um, principal positions to hold in this network. And if you can get the community to vote for you to become a validator, then obviously your rewards go up, you become a more um, critical part of the network. It's a very uh, privileged role to hold, let's say. But you only do that by providing great quality work in the first place and providing great quality storage. And so if, if everything that you're storing is like some sketchy old cut-off copy of some dodgy movie or it's low-quality content or it's... Um, you know, illegal content or whatever, um, then the network's less likely to vote for you and they're less likely to support you. Uh, and so what's going to happen over time with this is it's going to, it's like a torrenting system, but it's going to be high quality, high quality files. It's going to be high quality files. Um, and anyone that gets caught storing files, files with viruses on them or um, low quality files or ads built in from halfway through, and they're just not going to get as much respect and, and um, credibility from the community. And you see this on Hive already with the, the whole social aspect of Hive. There's certain people that are running bots, and it's clear who, who the bots are. And there's certain people that are real people that are anonymous, and they have reputations that, that they've built over time. And so there's a very clear distinction on Hive Network as to who's the high-quality people, who you can interact with. Um, you know, you might disagree with some of them, but you, you can be pretty sure that they're real people. Um, yeah, the and that, that whole reputation on the social side of Hive, now it's going to the infrastructure operation side. Now it's going to the, um, to the file storage side, where it's like, are people storing high-quality files? Are they doing a good job? Are they valuable for the ecosystem? And you'll be able to see that, and the network will reflect that back. And so you'll have this high-quality mm -hmm. service. 
Yeah, we have a little bit of practice to look at when it comes to torrents. Um, you can say to torrents are incentivized, but in a weird way. They're go only going to store things that they know will get a lot of eyes. And if you've ever downloaded one, there's, like you said, there's going to be ads or there's going to be some kind of way they're trying to sell you something, some kind of clickbait, a lot of viruses you have to deal with. So, but it, it's still here. It's like, it's something that's like, and this is talking about illegal stuff, like talking about downloading a $1,000 Adobe product off of Torrance, like the latest version. You can just download it, they crack the keys, I'm not advising anyone to do this, but I'm saying like, you know, uh, <laughs> Adobe doesn't want that to happen. And, you know, where are the governments? Why can't they stop this? It really shows you how powerless they are when it comes to stopping this and how long this has survived. You know, disregard mentioned Lincoln Park. I remember those days with LimeWire. Like, this is older technology that's still here today, that still works. The only problem is it wasn't structured and it wasn't incentivized. People had to, it's like a bring your own node system. It's like a bring your own incentive system, like go build your own Twitter sort of thing. Like, it's like, why would I go and host somebody else's files on a torrent network if I'm not getting paid? If I'm not getting any kind of incentive, if I'm not getting any kind of reputation, and I risk, you know, getting a virus and all these things. So none of it's structured. It's very chaotic. But still today, you can go and you can do that. Now, when you make this is like a professional, like it, it's transparent. It's, it's It turns it into a protocol instead of this chaotic mess that it is now. But it shows you, you add incentives, people will store the content. They will. It still works. It's worked for decades. Um this puts that on steroids, so to speak. It, it takes it, not even that, it's, it's an evolution. Um, it makes it elegant. It's a protocol, it's autonomous, it makes it professional, it makes it um, something that is much safer. You have reputable people, you don't have to worry about these things, it's just a plug-and-play type of deal. But lots of practice to look at when it comes to the actual idea of incentives and storing content. So I'm very excited because, as Disregard was saying, this is like, you know, being able to earn the store, it's unreal. Um, it's always been a dream in crypto. You've always heard of that, um, but we've never actually seen it till now. Yeah, it's a it's a very large upgrade on just the uh, old school torrent system or even the current torrent system. Uh, things that you don't have the ability to do on current torrents is know what's in the file based on providence. Like uh, you mentioned Adobe software. If, if you want Adobe software, you know you have to go to Adobe to get it, and that's why it costs money that you get that providence. If you download it from a torrent, there's spyware in there. There is, there is uh, something that will lock your computer, so you have to ransom Bitcoin to something. Um, it is all a risk. So we have the ability now to have 100% file providence for every single thing in there. It's, it's just basically turning files into NFTs paying people to store them it's it's really cool stuff i've never thought of it like that before that's really interesting what, what part of that turns the file into an nft would you say is it the contract when you put the file into the contract oh absolutely so that's that's all an nft is it's a token that's uh not fungible like it you can't trade a contract for a contract because they have different things in them uh, but you can trade a token for a token you know the fungible kinds 
just like the accounts on Hive, they're NFTs in a way, but these are NFTs in a way as well. There's no real difference. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's, um, makes me <laughs> That's a very good way to look at it. Um, it makes it because you're actually right. It's like you know exactly what you're dealing with now. So, so ultimately, like the, 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 the contracts don't go away, do they? That they, they kind of stay forever. They're just they have their expiry terms. So it's like I want to store this file for this long, and I want to put this much tracker on it to incentivize the people for storing it. But then when that runs out, it doesn't necessarily mean the contract closes. Because you can re- you can roll the contract over, can't you? You can extend the contract, so you can say, okay, we're coming up to the close of this contract. We've got six months on it. We've nearly finished the six months. The bracket's nearly spent, but I still want to keep storing this file, so I'm going to roll the contract over. Or, or do you do you need to create a new contract? How does that work? Yeah. So the contract kind of like encapsulates some content on IPFS. So IPFS is special because uh, you hash a file to get a very unique content identifier. So if you change one single bit anywhere in that file, you get a completely different content identifier. So you know the file that you put into uh, this contract is going to be the file that comes out. And you can check that and do any checksum stuff that you want to. But let's say you stored a file and you passed away or something and you weren't able to restore that. All it does is it kind of like puts that particular IPFS hash back into the public domain so anybody else can bundle it into a new contract. But yeah, the, the contracts themselves don't necessarily have like an infinite time span. The file does. Okay, clear. The other, the other way to look at this as well is that this is, as far as I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong, there's probably people that know way better than me, but this is the first time IPFS has a storage and incentivization system. So you could, this is, this is an incentivization system to reward people for storing things on IPFS. Um, yeah, I think that's a big way of looking at this as well, I and mean, that's a good narrative. Is there anything else that you're aware of, Nathan, or disregard? Uh, to be fair, I don't really look, <laughs> but not that I'm aware of. It's, that's what happens like, when you get involved in building the technology. You start to you start to lose touch with what everyone else is doing because you're so focused on what you're doing. All right, well, so I'm kind of at a place where I think we need to go to some questions in the... Well, first of all, I just want to say it's really nice to see all the thumbnails that people are putting up here. There's so many thumbnails coming out. It's super cool. So uh, keep the thumbnails coming, and we'll uh, we won't reward them live because we're going to review them after the show. But we will be giving them some nice upvotes um, for the thumbnails. And that's a great way for the community to get involved in the show. Um, if there's any any of you guys can see the Leo thread, don't leave this all up to me. Uh, I'd be interested if you guys can just scroll through and and just read some questions. I've asked people where they've where they've got a question, um, to put the word question first, and then we'll go through and read them. So I'm just going to scroll down to the first one uh, from. More money 28. Question is, can we use it to store contents we are not using yet? Perhaps there is a video I do not want to publish yet. Can I save it there? If yes, will Speak Network have the capacity at which you can save? I believe yes. The answer is yes. You don't have to publish the content in order to store it on the Speak Network, right? Right. So there, there, when we're starting off this network, there's two kinds of contracts that we're supporting initially. Um, and this is like one of those things like, the dev will think of one way to do something and everybody else has a different idea. So the first two, two ways to store files in the system are to pay for it yourself or to get somebody else to pay for it. And when uh, somebody else pays for it, they need to uh, put a beneficiary fee on that file so that you kind of sort of pay them back for it in potential rewards. Um, so yes, you can very easily if you make your own file 
if you don't have the ability to make your own contract, there's, there's going to be other ways to do this, but yeah, if there's, if anybody else sees another, like how to get from point A to point B in the system, just ask for these kinds of features and we'll, we'll make them out. Yeah. That's super cool. That's super cool. And I, I love that this part of it, you know, like people are asking questions here that they're clearly considering the system and how it can be improved. Um, hopefully we already solved those issues that you raised, but at the same time, raise the issue because we it's it might be something we haven't thought of and we can uh we can certainly uh build it in so thanks more money 20 i've just given you a nice upvote for that hopefully you'll see it come through um any other I questions can, i see um in saying um providing clear step-by-step instructions can empower users to participate um we were actually talking about this yesterday Matt. um how ai can really make this much easier for people to understand and make clear instructions for how to use these things. So um, interesting that that came up because we were just talking about that yesterday. Yeah. More serendipity. I'm just scrolling through here. I've seen quite a few questions. I can't, can't find one right now. I'll just keep scrolling. Well, I finally have my battle station set up, so I'm able to... Stay on top of it. Yeah, so I'm giving out votes like a madman right now. So if you oh, got comments, great. you got comments or good questions. Are there any comments great. that you want to read out that you've seen? Man, there's so many. Um, so many. It's like I'd like to know about this. I saw one question on the Twitter, and it was like, if you can store what kind of files you can store in the network, um, files, any anything, literally, literally anything you can put into a web browser, you can store. What does that, what does that mean? Um, I mean, can we can we are we get to a point where I'm working with VSC to store a smart contract network? Is that where this could go? Uh, that could be the case. That should be the case. Um, but what, yeah, when I say a file, like a file on your computer is literally just a collection of numbers, you know, zero one zero one. So if you can distill whatever it is into zero one zero one, you can put it into this network. Absolutely. Synthesize everything. Yeah, I think a lot of people think this is all video because it comes from, you know, three speaks initiated it. But this, this network is open. It's for everyone. It's free to use. Um, we don't own it. Everyone owns it. Everyone that mines the speak token ultimately owns the network. Um, and you can stick any file on there, any file type. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of different um, types of um, software run off the speak network directly. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that we really want to do is have the ability to let other people post software on it. So let's say, yes, you can store NFTs, but what if you can also store the software that builds NFTs and then anybody else can take that and then put out more software that builds NFTs. So hopefully it's just, you know, the library of Alexandria for, of everything that people want. Have you got any specific things that you're going to be playing around with this regard that you, you can see this being useful? Uh, yes, specifically just that. Um, we want to put our NFT, like we, we've put out NFTs before, but they're kind of hard to build. Um, but we want to put out software that wraps the, the NFTs that we've built. So like, hey, you, like for instance, the bees. Somebody has new clothes for the bees or new faces or whatever it is. They can drop it on, like drag and drop folders into the NFT builder, and then they'll have a new NFT type. So that's one thing. And since we more or less unlicense all of our software, anybody else who sees that can say like, oh, I know how to make this better. 
and then they'll be able to do the exact same thing. So hopefully it's just uh, a lot of people just building like a, a Minecraft server for everything. The OG NFT bees. I wonder how many people listening actually have one. Maybe we'll give out some bees as well for um, the test, the next test po- um, testnet 2.0. Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, Sammy Hive says, question, but two platforms like Google have a way of storing data online on, on a decentralized manner. Is it same with IPFS, which FreeSpeak TV adopted? Apart from storing file of huge capacity, can it store other file format like GP? Yeah, we've just addressed that. Yeah, yeah, it can. And I, I wouldn't say that Google has any decentralized, truly decentralized storage. It's all centralized and controlled at some point. The other thing here I can see this turning into, you know, as, as we build out, we've already got the encoding side, although apologies to everyone that uses FreeSpeak. Um, the encoders have been causing us a lot of problems recently, and we, we have got someone specifically addressing that issue over the next few weeks. Um, so we will solve the encoder issue, I promise. Um, but on, on, on separate to that, the Speak Network encoder clusters, and then you combine that with the CDN side of things, and it's starting to look a little bit like AWS. You know, the Speak Network is, I mean, certainly we used to use AWS. We used to use AWS for 3Speak, for all of our servers and encoding and processing and everything. It was very expensive. It was quite reliable. It was pretty good. Then they started banning platforms, right? They started just deleting platforms off their, off their system. We were like, right, we need to move away from AWS. And that also is part of where the Speak Network comes from. It's like, We've replaced everything that we did on, on everything that we did on AWS will be replaced with the Speak Network over the next few months, and so we are building like a mini AWS type system is, is really what it is as this, as this builds out, which is super exciting to me. Super- yep. Um, CPOL is one basically talking about IP rights. Um, I guess talking about illegal content and all that, and that's where you know reputation matters. Um, people who are storing things like that um, probably won't be voted, you know. So um, that's where it's, it's not. It's not just storing those types of files; it's validating those types of files. Um, so you have more than options than just like, do I store this or not? It's like, um, you know, like raffle tickets. If a if a raffle raffle ticket comes up and it's like the KKK, you're like, hey, I'm just going to put this particular ticket in my pocket even though I could get half the rewards for, you know, letting these guys win some content. Um, and hopefully people will see that. And if they agree with your decisions, you'll get voted more often than not. Yeah, that's a great and point. Ultimately, when it, when it comes down to it, you know, if there's some really bad stuff on the network, we, we can't really stop it from happening. We just stop it from being monetized. When, when I say we, I mean the community will have the tool. But it's still the same thing as hosting really dodgy content anywhere else. You know, Ultimately... If you don't do it anonymously enough, then the authorities are going to come after you, and it'll come to you down to you as the individual. the The technology itself is it's neutral, you know. It doesn't care about what's being stored on there. Um, our thing is to just be able to incentivize just normal content that the community uses, and let people put bracker on to contracts to store that stuff and keep it online. If that stuff happens to be illegal, then it's up to the community to like vote out the validators that are validating that stuff. Um, it's up to the community and the, the platforms to run content filters that don't show that, that content. But the tools have to be available to everyone, including including our worst enemies. That's that's what freedom is. Ultimately. Got a question here from Peniel2010. You talk about running proof of access node, though it's not the first time hearing about it. But st- till now, I still don't understand how to go about it. 
is there anything I can use as a community guide? Yeah, we have um, a link tree. Um, it's link tree full slash proof of access. Are you so, reading the question? Yeah, can you not hear me? Yes, you go. Can you hear him, Matt? No, he just said he had a question and dropped off. <laughs> I don't think you guys can hear each other again. The weird. Yeah, I, I, I think the rest of the people can hear what I'm saying. For some can you repeat it? Yeah, the question was. Um, well, he's talking. Well, disregard wants to know what you were you were asking. Yeah, I can, I can hear him. I can hear him. Oh, you can hear him now. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just asking if there's any any step by step. I still can't hear Matt. The community. No, he can't hear you. It's all right. Let's okay. carry on. Maybe, maybe disregard. You can drop out and come back in again. Um, disregard. He's just going to finish a point, and then all right, go on, Matt. So yeah, there's, um, yeah. So there's instructions that we put out, but if you go to Linktree forward slash speak network S P K N E T W O R K, or if you go to Linktree forward slash access, it's like a whole set of documentation there as to what this is, how it works, how nodes can be set up, um, and we've also just published a blog on Hive, um, which I can't find. Um, which I'll, I'll put in the comments again. And if anyone else can reshare that test setup no guide, just make sure we get it all over the place. I'm going to reply to you, sir, um, with that with that setup blog. All right, any other questions? Someone, I can't. They're, they're moving too fast, but I remember one said something about live streaming. I'm trying to find out who said it. Um, and the ability to have that. I guess that would be a Nathan or Disregard question. Uh, yeah, live streaming. Yeah. yeah, live streaming is um, a much harder problem than file storage uh, because it revolves around real-time services. It's it's definitely possible, um, and there's ways to kind of incentivize it, but not really uh, in the same way as like the broker tokens. It, it would be through validator votes at current time. Just to let you know, on the Leo thread, uh, Dan, if it's moving too fast, you can click on the top left of the thread. You scroll back to the top of the thread. You can click on the top left and you can stop it from moving. You just turn the thread cast off. It stops it from moving. That's good. Thank you. I know I have that problem too. Um, they really come in so fast. It's like amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Question from Henry27. So the testnet is exclusive to those with laptops or desktops and not smart or mobile phones. I think the answer to that is yes, that's correct. But maybe disregarding if you can just confirm. Uh, yeah, that's that's correct. And and even if it wasn't the case, it would it would uh, almost not be a good idea to do that. For instance, if you're saying you're going to store a file, and then your phone turns off because it ran out of battery, or you went out of service and that file is not there anymore, it, it's uh, not quite the same. But you should be able to like upload files to the network from your phone. You just shouldn't be able to run infrastructure from your phone. Thanks, disregard. Um, that was pretty good. I think that's correct. Uh, ask the concept of speed network is the kind of thing we're looking for to as use as storage device in decentralized system. But how will this reward its users? The speed network rewards its users um, basically by on the file storage side. You go grab a file from the ecosystem, and the, ne the network registers that you grab that file, and then. Randomly, the validator nodes will, and the validators are elected in by the community. Those validators will um, randomly, at some point in the future, ping that 
storage node and say, hey, have you got the file that you say you're storing? And then the storage node has to present that file. And if it's correct, then the validator registers it and the network pays them some money, releases them from the contract to the, the storage. So it's just checking to say that you're storing what you say you're storing, basically, on a, at a random point. And if, you, if you're saying you're storing something and you're not storing it, um, and the network checks you at a random point, you've got to be quick to get that file presented to the network, right? Which is really hard to do. So in theory, it's full. But this is what the testnet's for. The testnet, what would be really cool is to see someone like faking files on the testnet and see seeing if they can quickly put part of the files in front of the queue so that they can get rewarded for files that are not really storing, but they're just grabbing them from somewhere and posting them. But then even saying that, even if that happened, the processing power required to do that is it's not going to be worth the rewards, right? Yeah, we thought about this um, in game theory. And obviously, when you go out, you're not going to have the perfect time frame. But the idea is to have the validator and the time frame within to do that sufficient enough that it can do its job, but not too long where they can actually go download the file elsewhere or do some some funny business. So that's exactly what the testing is for. People trying to do just that, you know, see if they can um, skim off rewards and try to break the system. But. Yeah. Um, Meraki7578 says, absolutely groundbreaking. This new incentive mechanism for off-chain storage is a game changer for the future of those applications. Yes, it is. Uh, Hive's transaction layer and Speak Network come together to create an autonomous incentivization protocol that can incentivize anything, paying the way for true Web3 limitless possibilities. I like that comment a lot. Yep. There's one from Manny Photos. Um, shout out to Manny Photos. Awesome, Javier. Um He says, other than Docker, is there a build for Linux, Windows, or Mac OS, or in the future at least? So it's a Nathan or Disregard? Uh, so the the server version of this runs on Ubuntu, and you can run everything on Ubuntu outside of Docker. Um, outside of that, like the the software is written in pretty much general purpose languages, so I can't think of a computer that can't run Go or Node. Yeah, if uh, if there's like a market for running it on some weird system, we'll we'll build this software to run on some weird system. Excellent. There you go. Um, Taskmaster says, um, Speak Network will end up replacing AWS, and we sure hope so. AWS is the devil. It should at least uh, replace S3. I'm not I'm not sure if it'll replace everything that AWS does, but we'll definitely give a run for the money for S3. It'll take a chunk. I think, I think it also makes it um, much, it makes it economically feasible for more people to back up their their files as well. At the moment, that's a relatively big undertaking. But now it's just a case of you want some files back in, go write a contract. The contract's already, there's already an interface, so you don't need to do anything clever. You just go write a contract, press send, and now you've got a, a contract with some files in it that you can go back up. Yeah, it's, it's one of those perfect use cases. You have a, a backup system. So contracts initially are stored for 30 days. Most people don't need to keep a backup for longer than 30 days. Like if you're worried about some Bitcoin ransom software or whatnot, 30 days is more than enough time. So yeah, you just make a weekly backup, store for 30 days. You have a month that you can go back for, encrypt your files, put them up there. Let's see even better because nobody should have any problem about encrypted files. Yeah, nice. It's going to be so cool. And I guess that's where we want to get it to, a place where a non-Hive user 
can come to a front end and just be like, I want these files backing up. Um, here you go. And then they upload the files, they put a bit of bracker onto the system, and then it goes off to, off to the Hive network. I mean, they'd obviously have to have a Hive account to that, but again, you're going to get to a point with the off-chain accounts and BSC where you won't even need to have a Hive account to do that stuff. You can just do it from your Gmail. That's where it goes. Etorobong says, question. It's good to hear you listen to the show, Etorobong. I like your name a lot. Um, so could you elaborate on the mechanisms and procedures involved in earning as a tester on the Speak Network testnet? What are the key tasks or activities testers would engage in to earn rewards within the Speak Well, I can actually um, tell you exactly what we're going to reward. So the first thing, there's going to be six tasks. First thing you do is claim your test larynx. Um, I believe we have a document out already explaining this, don't we, disregard. Maybe we need to write another one. Maybe we need to do an update for the testnet. Uh, if that's a question for me, we probably do need to update that document if if it's written. I haven't seen it. If it is, we'll publish this next week. But, but as a pre as as a preview to what we're going to publish, the first milestone will be claiming your testnet reference tokens, and you basically, basically do that by following Speak Network um, on Hive, and it will give you some test lands tokens. Um, the next step would be to set up a node. And we've just put the instructions out how to do that, but we'll include those in the testnet instructions as well next week. Um, the next step would be to store some video and mine some test speak, and you'll get some monetary rewards for that. The next step will be to write your own contracts, um, and we have an interface to do that inside Elux for now, and I think Nathan and Disregard are working on a separate interface to do that on a, a kind of general interface. Um, and then number five, you get rewarded for registering a validator. And then you'll get rewarded for voting for other validators. We, we want people to start voting for validators and going and seeing who the good validators are, who are the people that are running the most infrastructure, the most reliably, and get the best validators possible voted into the net. For those six steps, you'll get some monetary rewards. The, the other thing as well that we want is we want people to write feedback blogs. So you can use this hashtag speak network tag to uh, write feedback blogs after the test nets launch next week. Uh, we want you to write tweets about it. I mean, this is great, all the activity we can see here. It's amazing the amount of tweets that people are writing about this and the amount of um, Leo threads and debuzzes that are going out are amazing. Um, but the idea is to write more tweets uh, from your Twitter account about um, you know, having used the test net, how it's going, what's good about it, what's bad about it. Get some, get the word out there. Um, yeah, that, that's probably the most important part of this too, because uh, everything else that you mentioned, like writing a contract or setting up a node, everything that we can test about that is very easy to Sybil. So if we're just going to say, "Hey, do this," there's going to be one person who does it 50 times, and they're going to take half of our of our you know budget. So writing that post and letting us know that you are the real person doing these tests is going to be very important for that as well. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, to, to remember. You know, if, if you are involved in the test net, then you will need to put some media out on traditional social media and write a high blog about it so that we know we can reward you. I mean, we don't just want to be rewarding bots that are just mining. Um, and then, of course, bug reports will get rewarded. So anyone that submits bug reports, and we'll have a, we'll have a form for writing bug reports um, so you can submit submit those to us. I think we're going to have uh, small sets of prizes for the people that mine the most test speak and the people who write the most contracts and get other people to store those contracts. I think that's going to be a really cool. And the other thing that we want to do is we want to incentivize the developers in the room who are listening. Submit submit some 
some pull requests to improve the network, to maybe make an interface where people can go and see the nodes all over the world operating and things like this, you know. I know Nathan's doing a little bit of work on those kind of side things um, and disregards doing some work with Mark to set up an interface. But any, any type of interface you want to set up, any type of open source improvement to the network that you want to submit that you know shows us a look inside the network or an easier way to see where the files are, uh, an easier way to go grab files or an easier way to upload files, who knows? You know, there's probably loads of things that people can do to submit open source contributions. We'll certainly be looking to reward that stuff as well. Yeah, yeah so especially around um, markets for getting contracts out to people because we already mentioned like there's two ways to do it currently, make your own or get somebody else to do it. We want more ways to get other people to do that stuff for you. So if there is you know, just a simple script that you can run on your server and say like, oh, I'm going to check and make sure that Hive user A has paid like a monthly fee and we'll give them free contracts. Perfect. Like, let's get those kind of things out in the wild so people can start putting this on their website easier. Yeah, th this was a really cool concept, actually, um, that you came up with Disregard. So with 3Speak, when you post to 3Speak, you're using our infrastructure, right? So it costs us a lot of money to run this infrastructure. Um, and so we take a 10% beneficiary um, from the posts on Hive to cover some of those costs. Um, well, Disregard came up with the idea on Delux. If you don't have any Bracker, you can ask Delux to pay to send you some Bracker so you can upload some files into the network and store, get your files backed up on the network. But that comes at the cost of providing Delux with a beneficiary. So every time, once you post related to that um, request for BRCA, that post will pay a beneficiary back to Delux because they're giving you the BRCA for free, right? Um, so I think that's a really cool way to, to get people into the network without them having to have any tokens or, have, or having to go find some BRCA. But then at a certain point in the future, like Disregard was saying, we're going to have contract markets that will have BRCA already staked in the contracts. And then people will go and buy and sell those contracts. But that's uh, that's phase two. Um, I'm just trying to keep all that's going on. There's so many comments. It's insane. <laughs> I love the thumbnails. Love seeing all these thumbnails being submitted. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. It's going to give us plenty of review work to do after the after the show's finished. That's for sure. Another thing we're probably lacking is in the documentation area. So if you guys are looking for documentation, please feel free to say what you're looking for, and we can put that on some of our front burners. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to know what people need to know. So anything we can do to create documentation for you that makes it easier for you to send to your friends and get this up, get them to operate it. Um, Uzoma24 says, question. He says, I just heard the IPFS storage is exclusively for people that use computers. Yeah, for now, it's just for laptops and, uh, and PCs, yeah. Uh, that's to mine rewards on the network and to upload files. Um, he says, question. Is there no way to improve the system to accommodate people that use phones as their only device? What do you think about that? Would we ever be able to let people store files on their phone? I mean, video storage on your on your phone is going to be, I mean, you're only going to be able to store a few videos. You know? um, but could we get it to a point where people are running nodes off their phone? Uh, it's, it's really hard to say that that's going to be uh, a possibility, at least in the next few years. I, I know, like, eventually people are going to say, like, oh, with 5G or 6G, we can... We can have networks. Maybe that's possible with five or six G and next generation phones, but currently I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, and I think the amount of storage required to do that on a phone is it's you'd have to have a pretty damn good phone, or you you end up storing like ten files and then 
your phone runs out of storage and you might get pinged once every year with 10 files, you know, maybe once every month, I don't know, but you won't, you wouldn't, um, you're not going to turn into a major, a major infrastructure operator with a mobile phone ever. Maybe speak, maybe I'll quite eat my words. Well, I think we've broken the thread because <laughs> I can't, I can't vote for anything and I can't, um, I can't see anything new uploaded. Yeah, I've been trying to go through and vote. I think some of mine are going through. But... So, yeah, some of mine are going through now. Definitely going to enjoy the thumbnail picture, the thumbnail competition after the shows. Uh, SE Gold says, you mentioned that everything we do on X will be replaced on 3Speak TV. Please, can you explain more on how you want to do it? I, I mean, I don't, I don't think everything will re be replaced on X with 3Speak TV. 3Speak um, TV is just a video platform. And 3Speak TV is open source, and anyone can copy and go run their own version of it. So I don't, I don't, I don't think um, that's going to uh, be says question what is the storage capacity of the content we should store also how do we avoid the influence of virus on the storage that's a very good question um so disregard that's a good question Let, let's say someone's uploaded a file with a virus on it in the ecosystem how do the users um avoid that if they're going to just be like doing mass imports of files and things like this well you don't usually run the files that you store so on the storage end of things you shouldn't have to worry about uh, viruses at all from the things you store you may have to worry about other attack vectors with running software that is from unknown sources and hey we're unknown um, but the beauty of the open source software is that you can guarantee that the software that somebody else that you do trust that has said, hey, I've audited this software and it does what it says it does. It doesn't have any viruses. You can guarantee that you'll get the exact same copy of the software from us as that person did who audited that software. Um, on the other side of it, if content on the network is a virus or is malicious or is illegal, that goes back into our content moderation system, which is basically the validators say we're not going to incentivize these files, which means that the providers won't store the files. Well, they won't be paid to store the files. And the great thing there is some, some validators might say, yeah, do, I do. This, is, this is the beauty of this system. It's, like, it's almost self-correcting because some validators will say, yeah, I do want to store these files. You know, they are controversial, but they're not controversial enough for me. Um, and if that's too controversial for the community, the community will just unvote them. But, and so there's like this fine balance that the validators will find to get as much files through the system as possible to get as many rewards as possible. But at the same time, they've got to be careful what sketchy files they put through as the community will either unvote them or um, you know, there's various legal troubles and things. So I think it's going to be a really nice organic way of the community self-moderating. I think, I think it's just going to be beautiful. I mean, maybe I eat my words again here. You know, we'll see what, how this ends up in the future, but... I really think that's going to work. The, 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 yeah, the I, I hope so too. Yeah. Because uh, if... Go on. Yeah, like if 10% if of the validators think it's not something that they want to validate, that just means that storing it will cost 10% less or will pay 10% less. That also means like say, if 10% of the storage is getting 10% less, then 10% of the storage is getting 1% more. Exactly. So yeah, the, the validators are incentivized to get as much files through the ecosystem as possible but at the same time they're also incentivized to make sure they keep the community's vote so, so we'll see we'll see what ends up happening um, yeah, yeah all of the wiggle room for that is at the top <laughs> yeah just like a, the current hive ecosystem so 
if the very top voted person wants to be a little more or a little less restrictive, they have until they get to the bottom of that 20 to actually pay the piper. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how, how, how often does it cycle? Literally every vote. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's super. Um, Simple Games making a good point here. He says Akash AKT replaces AWS. Speak Network replaces S3. He says Speak Network on AKT. <laughs> nice to see you listening to Simple Game. Um, Taskmaster says slightly off topic, but Tether throws a sorry, no, 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 sorry that again. Slightly off topic, but Tether throws a bunch of wallet addresses, including the ones for Tornado Cash. HBD is light years ahead of everything else out there. Yeah, I mean, it, not to change topic too much here, but HBD, man, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think HBD, I don't think anyone's quite realized the power of HBD on Hive yet. I think it's coming, though. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Let's try and find any of the questions anyone wants to read out. Uh, I just see a lot of um, people, like, we mostly answered um, a lot of the questions I've seen now. You know, I see things like about legal content, what you do, but we've already pretty deep yeah. into that so but yeah um lots of lots of comments lots of interest i'm anxious to see um how many people get involved and the feedback we get from it because this is a big step forward this test net's going to be a big deal so yeah and ba so basically just to remind everyone this is going to go in two weeks sprints so we're going to do two weeks of test net we're going to see who completes the most milestones we're going to see who uh, submits the, the best bug reports and everything like that. And then Disregard will have a fun time with Nathan uh, fixing the bugs and up, upgrading and everything. And then we're going to, once we're ready again, we'll we'll do another two-week sprint. And we'll just keep repeating that. And each time we do a two-week sprint, at the end of the two-week sprint, we'll monitor who's completed the milestones, who submitted the best reports, who was the best competitor within the, the test net. And then we'll reward that monetarily, and we'll, we'll announce the the numbers um, and what the what the actual monetary values will be sometime next week when we put our official uh, testnet blog out. I saw one question on Twitter that I'd like to answer, and that was if the the contracts here use hashes that you can use on other chains. So, for instance, if um, you know, like a CryptoPunk or something is on the Ethereum chain and it uses IPFS you can store that contract with the Speak Network and still have that uh, NFT posted on Ethereum. Yes, absolutely. So is that effectively using the Speak Network to back up Ethereum NFTs? Uh, yeah. Would there be a link? Would there be a link from the, the, the JPEG file on the Speak Network to the Ethereum um, NFT? I, I guess the Ethereum NFTs would have to build that capability in on their side, but could we do it from our, our side? Um, so... So, all right. So the, the contract has a bit of providence. Say, like, I put a contract on the network. It'll say, disregard fiat. My name will literally be in the contract as disregard fiat. And then the rest of the contracts, like, uh, you know, identifier. That doesn't stop anybody on Hive from posting that contract with their blog post. So, for instance, if, uh, you know, I were to pass away, but I put some stuff up that everybody wants to keep in my contracts for whatever reason, they would be able to post the contract and its assets on Hive, and then people would be able to use the infrastructure again to vote for that kind of stuff. So if it was an NFT that created IPFS content that was uh, Ethereum, you could post a blog post, not even as the account that posted it, and saying, hey, just want to let everybody know this is an Ethereum thing. These are the instructions on how to use it. Feel free. Yeah. 
Um, well, with, with the Scrymic account, the off-chain account system, you'll be able to link the Ethereum account to the Hive account as well by signing uh, signing a transaction. So you would actually be able to verify it's the Ethereum. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. Manu Photos asked a question, which I think you might want to answer disregard. He says, can someone use a Speak Network to create a torrent? The answer is yes, as far as I can say. Are you talking about like the torrent pointer? Just any, like a standard torrent, you could actually just create a file upload and download system, but it's incentivized. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not familiar. I haven't used torrents in absolutely ages, but I remember like you would download torrent pointer files. So torrent works different than IPFS. They're, they're very similar, but if you have to have a torrent software that goes and uses that to get the torrents from everybody else. But you could put those torrent pointers on our system and then use other people's software to actually manage those torrents. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what he's re referring to. It's like, can we just have a place for uploading and downloading files? The answer is yes. Yeah, I guess we, you could use Speak Network to store the pointers like Pirate Bay does, since that always gets taken down. Again, not, not hoping that happens, but hopefully it's robust enough to do that. Tommy Ajax says, how did the integration of IPFS complement Hive's decentralized model and what benefits does it bring to content storage and retrieval? Anyone want to have a crack at that? Mm, the, Go on, what's that? You're breaking up a little bit. Well, that's just to answer the question. Um, to me, like, as, as someone running 3Speak, we just needed to get file storage out of our hands because we, it makes us a centralized point of failure. Um, so we can't store videos on the blockchain. It's just too intense. So we, we needed an off-chain storage system and an off-chain incentivization mechanism to, to incentivize off-chain infrastructure operators. And that's where this, that's where this being network was born from. So, uh, yeah, it complements Hive's decentralized model because Hive's storing text. Uh, Speak Network is storing everything else, basically, but it's off-chain. Yeah, that's, that's like you say on, on Hive, the real benefits are you own your account and nobody can censor you. So hopefully this particular concept here will let those kind of concepts continue. Like the providence of files is the same as the providence of the account and nobody can really um, censor you in the traditional way. They can censor you monetarily just like on high, but not in the, the, the traditional way. Yeah. Taskmaster said this is a game changer for Web3. Decentralized cloud is coming and Speak Network is pushing it. Completely agree. Um, Tengo lo todo. Tengo lo todo. Uh, says, is there any way that your system can be contaminated if you are storing something and it is illegal in some way? Are things vetted? Ultimately, the, va the validators, uh, this is where it gets, and maybe it's not fully understood, the, the validators are going to be in charge of um, going through the content they're putting through into the network and checking it. I mean, so validators can work roles are quite involved i think uh, or at least for now they're not really but as time goes on they will they will be. and they'll have to kind of go through and vet what the content is they're putting through to the network i think things will make it onto the network but then validators will kind of be behind you'll have what's being uploaded and what the validators are reviewing and they'll be behind the, the pace a little bit but they'll kind of catch up over time and then um, the best validators will be the quickest at identifying shit content that went through onto the network and then Saying, "Hey, I'm flagging this content. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reward this content." Is that your understanding as well, disregard? Uh, yeah, that's hopefully. I mean, I I think that it's gonna be a lot more nuanced than that because, for instance, like 
the EU has different regulations than the rest of the world and people are going to be beholden not to themselves, not just to themselves and their community, but also to their jurisdictions that they might be a part of. Um, yeah, I mean, illegal content in some places is just press in other places. So it's, it's really going to be a lot more nuanced than just like, hey, the, the fastest person does it. I think it's going to be certain groups of people are going to back certain kinds of validators. Yeah, which is great. I look forward to it. All right, well, I mean, we could be here forever answering questions. Um, I don't know if you guys want to do a few more questions or if you guys have got anything else to say, anything to add? No, me personally, I just, um, I think we've answered most of the important questions. If there's anything Nathan or Disregard want to cover or talk about that we haven't, that they think is important? Um, yeah, just, if, there, if there's things that I think are important, I think they are probably better on a different Twitter space because I like talking about the really technical stuff that probably isn't just uh, for everybody. I'm always interested in, in your guys' um, thoughts on use cases and what's happening, what's going to happen with this in the future. I recall you mentioning something about running AI software on the Speak Network. Disregard. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's AI a good learning. place... Yeah, I think it's a good place to put models, for instance, and say, like, hey, I have a certain model that needs to get trained on certain data. Uh, you'd be able to say, like, hey, I'm a researcher. Here's my new data set. Those AI models can ingest that data set, and you have, like, a, a path or a providence as the, the AI grows with time. And then somebody could come along and say, hey, researcher A lied about certain things, and we don't want to use this data set, so all that data still exists and you can go retrain new models to say, Hey, this is model this without anything from researcher a keep going forward. So hopefully, I don't know. I, I just have a lot of faith in the decentralized world and less and less every day of the centralized world. Yeah. Yeah. One Wait. thing that I, I'm super excited to see built on SBK network and I've talked about it in our meetings um, quite a few times is, um, a alternative to Google Drive um, because um, unfortunately I'm you know kind of stuck on Google Drive um, and having something that I could replace Google Drive with um, to store my files and also have a level of encryption onto you know knowing that I can store my files and that um, only I have access to those files or I want to share those files with certain people. Um, I can pass them encryption keys that they can um, decrypt those files with um, and knowing that they're going to be stored um, in, in a way that I don't have to worry about Google or some centralized corporation or government entity digging through all my files and um, you know, running whatever AI bots they want to try and dig up something on me. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, I think that I am super excited to see um, so, some type of alternative to Google Drive being built. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, the, the other thing there as well is if, if it's stored on the Sweet Network and it's some form of Google Drive replacement, you can be pretty sure as long as there's some way of paying into the system, as long as you're one to incentivize it, then there'll be multiple people backing up those files. It won't just be relying on your one server or one server from Google. It'll be multiple different people across the world that are backing but up the file. One of the other issues that we have with Google Drive is there have been um, many instances of, of um, people that 
for whatever reason, um, maybe some call it the matrix, you know, attack them and they lose access to all of their accounts, including their Google drive and all their data there. Um, so that, that is, um, definitely a threat. You know, I'm storing all of my, um, you know, documents in, in Google drive. And, you know, if I lost all my documents, it'd be a really, um, you know, big issue for me. Um, so definitely having something that I don't have to worry about, um, you know, an issue down the road where I say something or, um, you know, someone has an issue with me and then poof, all my stuff's gone. Or you could just be really nice to Google. Yeah. You know, you could do that, but, um, I'm, I'm the type of person that, you know, if I, if I think something, I might just say it and then not everybody wants to hear what, what I had to say or like, like it. See, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Like we're ultimately trying to give people that think that way precedence over people that would rather just submit to a centralized authority. Right. And these tools allow us to think that way. These tools allow us to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm not going to worry about having to, you know, worry about being shut down by some of these big tech companies because I said the wrong thing. Right. That's not the world we want to live in. We want to live in the world where we like, well, I've got all my shit backed up on Speak Network and those people support me. And I, you know, we're able to incentivize those people. They're up online, they're independent. They don't need to, to follow full regulations because they're all um, in various different jurisdictions all over the world. And it's very difficult to do that. So I've got a much better fighting chance of saying what I want to say if I'm using those types of tools than uh, if I'm Well, you know, one of, the, one of the other issues with, with Google and these other companies is that, I mean, they take people's accounts offline all the time for no reason at all. I mean, they haven't broken any laws or done anything illegal. It's just they don't like them. So, you know what? Fuck you. You know, bye-bye. Tell your stuff because we don't like you anymore. Um, and that's just not, you know, not the, the world that I want to live in. Yeah, exactly. This is the exact thing, you know, it's like, even if you're not doing something illegal and they, they just don't like it because it doesn't suit their ideology. Well, now you, now you're also a flagged marginalized citizen and they've made that decision. Not, no, that's, that's not like, if you build decentralized systems properly and you have no pre-minds, no ICO, no CEO, you know, I wouldn't even say that we're anything like founders. We just guys that came with the idea and built it. Um, then the base layer of this technology is neutral and there is no CEO company or venture capital behind it, you know? Um, and so that means that now we have what, what I would consider digital human rights on these, on these ecosystems. We all have the right to speak. We all have the right to store. And okay. We still have to live in a world. It's not like this is totalitarian, like lib, lib I shouldn't say totalitarian, it's the wrong word, but it's not like it's like extreme libertarianism where you can do whatever you want. It's like, no, you still have to live within a community, but that community is hive and speak and the various different freedom lovers that exist in this ecosystem. And you can't, you're still accountable to them. They still regulate the ecosystem. But it's generally regulated by the people that have done some work in the ecosystem, right? And those people are valuable to the ecosystem. So they, they have an incentive, an inherent incentive, not to destroy the system. And so um, it's got a fighting chance, you know? The whole idea of free speech and freedom online has a fighting chance with these tools. That's what this is all about. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Uyubong, who's been like massive in the comments, just a commenting machine. 
I don't know what, I don't know what what's going on because I know I know he's a real person, but he's behaving like an AI. The amount of comments that he's doing. Um, so I've seen you in the show the last couple of weeks, Yvonne. I'll be giving you some uploads after the show when I go through the comments. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else you guys want to talk about here? We, we should we close the show down here. Um, I'm kind of at the end of the idea of talking about the test net, the, talking about speed network. I don't know if you guys want to move on to something else, maybe. Yeah, for me personally, I think we've covered um, pretty much everything. I don't know, maybe we've missed something. I'm looking forward to DBuzz um, integrating this technology, and I'm also looking forward to people using DBuzz Lite to try the off-chain account posting system, which I think is going to be huge. Um, we've got community platforms coming out now, breakaway community platforms, very close to releasing that, where any of you guys can spin up your own platform. It's Web3 enabled very easily, no costs, no um, designs to be done, no, tech, no, no dev work, no technical understanding required. You can just spin up your own platforms. And then we're getting close in the, you know, the medium-term future to tokenizing those platforms with their own tokens. Um, I'm just looking forward to dropping those things to different communities across the world that are already established. I'm looking forward to dropping those things to um, existing blockchain communities where they've got clear um, wallet balances so we can drop an equivalent number of to social tokens to the balances of those other chains. Um, I'm looking forward to dropping community social tokens to existing content creators or existing celebrities that have a social footprint but haven't got a footprint on um on blockchain but we could still use their existing social footprint to drop tokens to their existing followers right to their fans um i think i think this is going to start to pick up over the next uh, months and couple of years it's really going to start to pick up uh, pace and you're going to see so many things tokenized across the net it's going to be amazing so there you go um I think we'll go, we'll go back to maybe a more normal format. Well, actually, before we close, is there anyone that wants to come into the, the chat and ask a question? Anyone listening? I've seen Jon Snow. Oh, if Jon Snow wants to come in, uh, it's, it's unrelated to Speak Network, but it, it is related to Hive. Um, so I'd be interested in hearing Jon Snow's thoughts. I see you in the room. Um, who else we've got here? Uh, I see Addicted's hanging around. It's probably going to run away. I see our ex Nifty in the room. John, uh, Jeff Jago, nice to see you guys here. If any of you guys want to jump in, Danish Crypto, Mr. T. You guys are all well known by the show. Chris Rice is in the room. Any of you guys want to jump in and ask a question or make a statement? Doesn't even have to be Speak Network related. You're more than welcome. Jago sending me a green heart. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Um, the, the thing with Jon Snow that I wanted to mention, and maybe he's just not listening right now to the, to the space. Um, we've... We're sponsoring a, I don't know if you want to call it a content house or a hive hub in Sucre in Venezuela. And we've got, we've got the place and we've got the people in it. And they just sent me their first set of photos last night. Um, I shout out to Edmundo Churan and John Snow for going and doing the work to get this place sorted. Now, the idea is the place that we're doing this from is near to Hive Street in Hive Sucre, where every single shop accepts HBD. So what we want to do is have this content house or this hive hub house or whatever you want to call it. Um, doing some services, doing some interesting work and making a, making some noise for Hive. And certainly Dan and I will support them. Hopefully other people will support them as well. Uh, we hope they do some good, valuable work and services for the rest of the Hive community as well. Um, they'll document it all, post about it on a regular basis, give us reports, be transparent, and then we can obviously support that. Dan and I will be supporting that thing. Anyone else that wants to, more than welcome. And then the idea is that the rewards they'll make from that will put them into... Um, 
a position where they've got spare hive to spend and then they can just go out the front door around the corner and there's hive street and now they can go spend their hbd and then again document that as well so the whole idea is to create loads of content around how you know you find some supporters you do something valuable you work together as a team maybe you earn some hive that way and then now you can go spend it in the local shops right around the corner from you and so that's the whole that then is a whole parallel economy being demonstrated because there's no KYC involved in it. There's no way to block that process from happening. So far on Hive, we've been a bit like, we've done good jobs in all three of those areas. We've got good ways to, to vote. We've got good ways to produce value and we've got good ways to spend, but it's not all happening in the same location. And so with this content house that John Snow's in um, and a few of his other colleagues in Venezuela, we hope that we can then demonstrate, look, there's whales supporting a group of people doing something valuable but who can then create that value earn what they're, what they're um, being voted for and then take those earnings and spend them in the local community. And so with that, we should have all the ingredients required to demonstrate a completely parallel economy. Uh, and I, I think that's another thing that we should talk um, about Hive about more is that Hive is a parallel economy. Um, basically, no other blockchain or virtually no other blockchain can say that. Um, Hive definitely can say that. And it is 100% a parallel economy. And yeah, let's build these parallel economies and um, give people the right to transact outside of the of the current paradigm. So yeah, going to be so many ways to earn on Hive. Speak Network's one of them, and uh, yeah, looking forward to more of that going forwards. All right, final words, final thoughts, disregard or Nathan, any final word from you? Oh no. uh, yeah, um, it's it's about seven a.m. here in the morning, so. Congratulations. About to cave out over here. It's about it's about an hour past my bedtime. But um, yeah, I, I'm um, I'm excited to see it launch and uh, hope hope that um, everybody will try and spin up a board. If anybody has any any problems, just and um, you can reach out to me on Discord or um, message me on on um, Sting Chat. And um, I think you can probably reach out to Dis Disregard as well and. Um, we can try and help help you get it set up. Nice, nice. It's nice. true. I am disregard via on Hive and on Twitter X, whatever, and on Discord. If you get a hold of me, I will try to help as best as I can. Thank you. Yeah, same for us as well. If you come to the Speak Network Discord server or the Free Speak Discord server, we'll do our best to help you. Dan, any final words from you? Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, shout out to Nathan Disregard. Um, so Voltec was listening. A little bit. He's also a big part of this, um, and everyone listening. Yep. Yeah, appreciate all of you guys um, and all the questions that you've asked. I'll be going through after the show and upvoting uh, people's different contributions to the show in the threadcasts. So appreciate your contributions, there, guys. Thumbnail competition has been amazing this week. We've got so many thumbnails to review. We'll be um, announcing the thumbnail winner um, at some point later on in the day. And uh, yeah, shout out to Nathan. Disregard Voltec. Uh, and various of the people that regularly attend these shows and all the work that you guys are doing. We're really, really changing the world. And um, yeah, appreciate it all. All right. So last thing to say is look out for the Testnet blog next next week. It's going to be starting and we're going to be rewarding people for taking part in the net, Testnet. Hopefully you've got all the instructions that you need here to, to, to go ahead and do that. Um, and again, ask any questions that you've got from us uh, over the next uh, few days and we'll do our best to get to you. And looking forward to a successful test net coming up on Speak Network. All right. See you all later. Cheers. Laters. Laters.